Simon Sinek is a consultant, speaker, person who's made millions. TED Talks and other forums basically asking one question, why? Why do you do what you do? In fact, his book uh, talks about that organizations usually have three steps to their life. Why, how, and what? He says that the problem is, is that they'll often start from the outside in. They'll have a what, this is what we do. And then they'll have, and this is how we're gonna do it. But then sometimes when organizations, and let's say congregations sort of get out of alignment or drift, you ask them, well, why are you doing what you do? And they'll say, we really don't know. And they'll try to make their why fit in with their how and their what, if you follow. What he says is, if you know what your why is, it will then determine how you're going to do that, and then it will determine what you're going to do. But often we have no idea what our why is. Why do I do what I do? Why do I get up in the morning? Why do I come to meeting for worship? Why, why do we have silence in our worship? Why do we celebrate a certain holiday or religious ritual? All of these whys. And asking why can be clarifying, but it can be scary. It can be scary because we realize we really don't know why, and I've got to do some hard work to discern this. But it can be clarifying because once we know this why, it, it in some ways engages us in a way that we had never been engaged before. Call it your purpose, call it your mission, but now you know why. This is one of the reasons I've been doing lately kind of for us here and for myself, as we would call it, a deep dive into our why. Why do we do what we do here? Why are we here? What's our purpose as Deep River Friends meeting? We have a lot of what. What do we do here? Well, we could do a lot of conversation around that. How do we do it? Well, we have a lot of house, but why do we do it? Do we know that why? So when I thought about missions, very quickly, I thought, what is the why question of missions? Why do we do missions, and how can this not just be a one-off? You know, I'm an MK. My sister and I were MKs. We're missionary kids. We're also PKs which means when you're a PK and an MK, you're just double trouble there, where an MKs and PKs. But as missionary kids, there's this kind of expectation, well, we'll talk about missions because we were raised in the missionary, in the mission field. Well, that could be true, but what I wanna say is this. Missions is not just about what some folks do over there and everyone supports it over here. Missions is what we all do. Missions is not just about what specialized people do. We all have a mission. We all have a calling to be in mission. And it's because of this why question. Why is there missions? Well, very quickly, let me just offer this. Why missions? Because first of all, God is a missionary God. Have you ever noticed in the scriptures what God is always doing? God is always sending someone. God is sending Abraham. God is sending Moses. God sends the prophets. God sends Jesus. God sends the apostle Paul. God is always sending people sends the Israelites to be a light to the nations. Jesus becomes this embodiment of, what, of, of that nation as God sent Jesus into the world to be a light. And now Jesus sends the disciples and the church into the world to be the same light. The why of missions is because God is a sending God and God is always sending people out into places in where God is needed the most. Not just Belize, not just Africa, not just Jamaica. In our neighborhoods, in our communities, uh, right there in our cul-de-sacs, wherever it might be, but God is always sending out. I remember a few years ago, I did an exercise with a group back in the Fellowship Hall 
uh, here with some of you. And I listed two columns. And I said, this column is go structures and this column is come structures. In other words, let's list everything we do here and let's put it under one of these headings. And so we listed everything that we did under come structures in which we invited people to come. I said, all right, so let's list everything under go structures. Silent. Because what we realized that most of what we did was inviting people to come here, but very little of what we did was sending people out to go there. Now we do that, Leslie's house, open door, and other forms. But my question is, what if we were going out there more than we were inviting folks to come here? What would that look like? And what would it look like if maybe some of the things we did here, we did out there as we were being sent? Now, I'm thinking aloud with you more than I am trying to drum something up. My question is, how is God sending us into this community? The second thing is, why missions? Because of this, simply because people matter to God. In the life and ministry of Jesus, this is the embodiment of God's kingdom, this incarnation of God. People matter to Jesus, which means that people matter to God. John 3.16, one of the most famous verses in the world. You know what it says, don't you? For God so loved the what? The Quakers. <laughs> I'm sorry. For God so loved the Methodists, right? So for God so loved the world. The world. It is a huge place. Every single living, breathing, child, adult, person, ethnicity, God so loved the world. People matter to God. All people matter to Jesus. The sick, the lame, the leper, the outcast, the adulterer, the prodigal, the marginalized, the Roman soldier, the failing disciple, the prostitute, the cheating tax collector, the children, the young rich ruler, the old hypocritical man who was a Pharisee asking questions in the dark, the marginalized woman who came to Jesus in the heat of the day as they drew water from a well. All of these people and all people matter to Jesus and they matter to God. So why missions? Well, simply, if people matter to God, then they need to matter to me. If people matter to God, then they need to matter to us. Not the ones that I pick and choose. Not the ones that are like me, but the ones that are all around us. This is why we do missions, because people matter to God. They need to matter to us. And then lastly, why missions? Because people are hungry for good news and hope. That's why I had Dan read these passages this morning. Missions is this act of bringing to the world this demonstration of this good news of God, the good news to the poor, the oppressed, the good news to those trapped in self-destructive cycles of, of addictiveness, good news to those held captive to their own attachments, to those having a hard time seeing what's important and meaningful in life, good news to those who feel as if their lives are fractured beyond repair. In short, people are hungry for a life of wholeness for a life that is life, for a life that brings aliveness to their existence. And Jesus kind of framed it this way in Nazareth, as recorded in Luke chapter 4, quote, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has sent me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, and announce that the time has come when the Lord will save His people. And then He rolled up the scroll and He said... This passage of Scripture has come true today, meaning it's here and now in me. 
It's in the present. Jesus is this living embodiment of that message, and we are, as the church, His people are the living embodiment of Jesus. We are to be this good news people, if you will, in a bad news world. Demonstrations of God's good news. The good news is that God intends to put this world back together again to repair creation to make all things new. And it's my belief that God intends to make things whole where things are fragmented, where things are broken. So we're partners. We're partners in this mission. Uh, We're partners with those who are being sent, like Nikki and Brian and their family. We're partners with those within our community, helping our community to flourish. We are partners with other churches. We're partners with God through our callings and our gifts. And so the final thing I'll add is, what does this look like to partner with God in mission? Well, it looks like engaging in acts of reconciliation and forgiveness to repair relationships wherever we are. When you sit down with somebody and repair a relationship, you're in mission. You're practicing reconciliation. And hopefully that has ripple effects elsewhere. We come alongside those in our life who need our friendship and our support and encouragement. When we do that, we are in mission. We get to know the stranger, and we no longer allow them to be a stranger. I did something yesterday for the first time that I have ever done since I've been helping out at Open Door. Uh, Some of you are there uh, on a regular basis, and and I go when I can, and I was there yesterday. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to do something that I've never done before, which seems so obvious on the surface. I'm going to ask these folks what their name is. Because I realize I take the food to them, I set the food in front of them, they thank me for the food, which is great, but I don't know their name. So I met Keith yesterday, and I met Henry yesterday, and I tried to remember their name because I thought, these fellows are so invisible to life and society because of their homelessness that they probably have never, ever heard their name being called. And I'll tell you something about Keith. He is the most wonderful poet and writer I have ever met. He was just writing furiously. And I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm writing a poem. And I looked down at it, and this was the most beautiful poem I had ever read. Not just because it was Keith in a homeless shelter, because it was beautiful. Getting to know the stranger and no longer allowing them to be a stranger is practicing mission. It's being one of the sent ones. It's using our abilities and gifts to bring encouragement to others in the most simple of ways. So Friday when I went to see Benny and Barbara, I noticed over in the corner a bunch of stacks of things that Barbara had been knitting. I don't anything about knitting, but I realized they're little squares that will eventually be put together and become an afghan. And so she does this while she's waiting there at the hospital. She just knits and knits and knits and knits. And she proceeded to let me know. And some of you have been um, those who have been um, on the other end of this. She has given away afghans to folks within the meeting. I didn't know this. So they could feel warm and they could feel comfortable. And someone asked her one day, and I thought this was really good. They tried to maybe kind of overthink it. They said to Barbara, well, is that a prayer shawl? And Barbara Barbara said, no, it's just an Afghan. But it's intended to let that person know that I'm thinking of them. And then she says to me, it's just what I know to do. And I said, well, Barbara, that is a beautiful thing that you are, in your own way, bringing God's presence to bear in this world. You're on mission. That's what it looks like. It's bringing relief to oppressed folks, uh, hope for the hopeless. It's offering second chances to folks. How many of you remember that show, Mission Impossible? Remember that? 
Not the Tom Cruise thing that messes it all up, but I mean the Peter Graves one, you know, that, the real one. Used to watch it all the time as a kid uh, when our parents would let us. I think we watched most of it when we were kids in Jamaica. But the part I loved the most, besides the fact that I could never figure out how all that stuff self-destructed, you know, and it just, all the smoke. The part I loved the most was when the tape recorder would say to Peter Graves, do you remember? This is your mission if what? You choose to accept it. Thank you. I th not to just make it too simplistic, but I think when Jesus, when God shows us Jesus, and God sent Jesus into the world, God, in a sense, said to the world, this is your mission if you choose to accept it. You look at Jesus, this is your mission. You follow Jesus, this is your mission. You walk alongside Jesus, this is your mission if you choose to accept it. This is not a one-off. This is a calling. This is a lifestyle. It's a livelihood. It's answering the question, why do we do what we do? I wrestle with that question here. I want to wrestle with it till I finally come up with an answer. Because I know once we do, once we really are solid in it, I tell you what, the changes and the fruit that you will see will be beyond our imagination. That's not my language, that's the Apostle Paul's. More than you could ever imagine. But it's our mission if we choose to accept it. Where's God calling you? Where are you being God's missionary partner in your world, in your life, in your place?